This is Teachable Moment, the show where we get to know the people that make LCC go. I'm Steve Robinson, president of Lansing Community College, and I go one-on-one with a member of our campus community to learn about a key concept or idea from their area of expertise. It's a show about what makes LCC great, the fantastic people with inspiring ideas who change lives every day with their incredible work. My guest today is Amy Ewald. She's the information literacy lead librarian in our amazing library located in the TLC building. And she's gonna talk with me about media literacy and some tips for us for evaluating information as well as some of the different research that has been done on this area. Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. And thanks, uh, thanks for sitting down on Teachable Moment. Tell me a little bit about yourself though before we get into your idea. How long have you been at LCC? I've been at LCC about 10, 11 years now. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. good amount of time. It is a pretty good amount mm-hmm. of time. And uh, started out over there in the library mm-hmm. and worked kind of in the, the what we would call the, the back of the house, the back of the library. Right, cool. <laughs> so that would be a lot of cataloging and mm-hmm. sort of making sure the books are you know, where they should be in our electronic resources and things like that. So I started off... Um, working at that and then kind of worked my way up and became um, an adjunct uh, research and uh, reference librarian, Mm -hmm. taught library instruction, did that as well. And then um, I became full-time and became the information literacy lead librarian, kind of a big title. (laughs) That's a a big and important title. And I have to tell you, just full confession, I'm a big library nerd. I I really, really am. So you have a very important job. I love our library. Uh, So thanks for all you do for our students. But when I was a student, I really hung out at Main Library. In fact, I told the current director of the library where I spent a lot of time, I said, your building is where I learned to think. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you have a really important job. And I have also another confession. I have an overdue library book from oh. our from our um, library. I checked it out during lockout. I mean, I actually hey. brought it my, home myself, but I actually have it set aside because I'm done with it. I'm going to return it. So um, I promise I'll do that. Oh, no problems. No worries. Yeah. So um, exciting time at the library before we get into your teachable moment, because we've done a really impressive remodel yes. over there. Yes. How are you liking it? Oh, man, it's such a nice, a nice library and nice learning commons that we have. Uh, it, it's it's the, the library of the future. It looks really cool over there. And uh, there's so many places to, for students to work and to study and do the things that, you know, they need to do outside of class to, to really be successful here at LCC. I think that description's perfect, the library of the future. So yeah. our listeners, if you have not been to the TLC building, uh, which is right downtown, we have done an amazing modern remodel of this uh, great building, great, uh, great infrastructure, but really modern. We've got yeah. uh, state-of-the-art vending there. And one of the things I know, you and your colleagues over there, this is not a shh kind of library, is it? No, no. There's there's definitely quiet spaces if you do need that. But right. there's also spaces for if you need to work with a group, you know, mm-hmm. if students have a group assignment or something and they need, need a place to go where they can meet up. Lots of spaces to do that. If there's you need to print something, you know, you're running before class, you got to print off your paper or something, you can you can drop in and do that. So there's all sorts of different stuff that you can use the space for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really designed for students, for our students here and, and our faculty as well and our staff and that. Um, it's, you know, a multi-purpose space and 
It's a really, check it out. It's cool. I, I love libraries and uh, I love our library. And you're exactly right. There are these very modern, cool spots for students to hang out including I have yet to spend some time in one of these but there are these little nooks yeah, in the wall oh right those right are cool those are cool so your teachable moment uh, is related to library science related to information uh, use and so why don't we get right into that the idea of the show is that you know all kinds of cool stuff that I don't know yet and you're gonna teach me an idea about information literacy I think something called lateral reading do you want to talk to me about this idea yeah, so you know we're we're living in such an interesting time where we have so much information available to us right. all the time. You know, we pull out our phones and you know, bam, there's run a Google search. There's just tons of stuff there. So we have a lot of quantity of information, but we don't always have the quality there. I agree with you. I've heard this phrase that we're sometimes information rich and knowledge poor. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so we're sort of so used to, to, you know, scanning the web and looking at websites and that, that we tend to take it at face value. And, you know, I think everybody is always a, a little bit guilty of doing this. I've done it myself, uh -huh. of, of trusting something that maybe you should have done a little bit of research on before, Absolutely. you know, you took that at face mm -hmm. value. So, yeah, there's that phrase, I did my research. I know, I right, love right, that right. Phase, yeah, yeah. phrase. <laughs> Usually that's a tell for folks who really didn't do their research. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to talk about that today and give you a couple of tips of some things that you can do, especially when you're looking at websites and, you know, doing doing your research of how you can really get in there and do some good research. Well, then let me give you the floor and teach me this idea. Sure, sure. So I think it's probably best to start with a couple of um, recent studies that, that have been done. Okay. And it'll kind of frame our conversation a little bit if I use this as an example. Love it. Um, so... What, what I want to start with is, is what is called the Shegg Study. And okay. This, this is a group from, it's actually the, the Stanford History Education Group. Okay, so S-H-E-G. Okay. Yep, S-H-E-G, Shegg, okay. yep. And they have done a lot of work in the past five, six years on how people evaluate information. Okay. And then from all this research is they've come up with um, a whole curriculum, lessons, videos, and everything that can help you know, students, it can help everybody really to, to, you know, make sense of what they're looking at and really get, get to the, the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. So what they did in this study is they took three groups of people. Okay. They took a group of um, Stanford undergrads, so they took students, college students. Uh -huh. They took a group of professors and faculty. And then they also took a group of like professional fact checkers. So these are the people that are working at like Snopes.com and that to sort of debunk these stories and that. All right. So students, faculty from Stanford, and then pro fact checkers. Yep. And pro fact checkers. Okay. And they, they put a series of tasks in front of them. And mm -hmm. they said, you know, see what you can find out. Do you think this is a good source? Do you think it's not a good source? That kind of thing. And then they looked at, they really watched what they did and how they evaluated this information. And what they found out is that the, the students and the faculty, right, the, the majority of us, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, really, when they went to a website and looked at it, they really looked at things like um, the logos and how it looked and is it, you know, is it nice and laid out well and are there charts and graphs? And so they looked at very this kind of surface level information. Got it. And, you know, 
I've kind of been doing this job a, a while now. Uh-huh. <laughs> and back when I started and when I was in library school, we, we would have these checklists of things. Um, sometimes we called it the crap test or the, the cars test. And it would look at sort of these superficial things like what's, is there dates associated? Is, who's the authority? Who's the author? Um, and that was fine maybe five, ten years ago, but now we've reached a point where we got to go a little bit deeper. Okay. Because we know that um, if you have a good web designer, they can make anything look really good. So let me ask a follow-up question. The sure. CAR or the CRAP test, those mm-hmm. are acronyms for things that you're checking for yeah, to kind of yep. authenticate whether something was uh, a worthwhile source. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And while I think those things are still always valuable, you should okay. always look at information and, you know, think, is, what's the date on this? When was this written? Exactly. You know, who's the authority? Those are all good things it's not to like look a, at. a set of encyclopedias from the 70s, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. Exactly. Okay. So, um, so, so those are all good things to look at. And, and we also used to tell students, go to the About Us pages and mm-hmm. check out what, what they say, you know, about themselves. Right. Uh, but these days, you have to remember... It's kind of like when you meet your new boss, you're not going to tell them all the bad stuff about yourself or all your you know, negative traits. Sure. You're going to put your best face forward. Exactly. So when you look at a web page and you check the About Me page or About Us page, they're going to give you what they want you to know. Mm-hmm. They're not going to maybe tell you all the stuff about them. They're going to Got put it. their best face forward. So what they were finding in the study is that the, the students and the faculty, that's what they would check, and they'd look at these sort of superficial things. And we tend to read, when we get to a website, we, we read down, right? We scroll down, we read vertically. Right. Um, the professional fact checkers, though, they had a different way that they approached it. So, so what they would do is once they kind of spent a moment or two looking around on the page, then they open up a new tab. And this is where you get to do your research. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because before you even really dive into to what um, the information that, that the page holds, start kind of looking around on the page and see who's responsible for it. So the fact checkers, what they do is they open up a different tab and they Google that organization or they Google that website and they see what other people are saying about it. Got it. What are there newspapers out there that are talking about this? Maybe there's an article out there that, you know, lead, leads leads you to something. So I actually have a really good example of this. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. So and this is actually what they did in, in the study too. They used they used this um, website in particular. So if if uh Let's say you're going out, you, you want to do some research on raising the minimum wage. Okay. That, that's an issue. A lot of people, sure, sure. you know, you might want to know your facts. Students have to write a paper about Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. definitely. See that one a lot. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you go out and Google it, um, there's a, a really nice, slick-looking website that comes up called minimumwage.com. Ah. Yeah. So minimumwage.com looks, you know, pretty nice. And you go to the About Us page, and they say that they're um, I even quoted it here as a nonprofit research organization dedicated to studying public policy issues surrounding employment growth. Got it. Yeah, sounds like pretty pretty neutral mm-hmm. organization. But written by them, like you said. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when and when you get into that about us page, you see that they're part of this employment policies institute. Okay. And that should be a warning bell. What is the employ employment policies institute? What is that about? Okay. So um, kind of once the, the, the students and the faculty, they looked at this and they thought, this looks good. Good website, great logos. Sounds legit. Sounds legit, mm-hmm. exactly. The fact checkers, though, they said, uh, 
No, not so much. So they open up a new tab on their browser. They go to Google. They use their Google skills. Mm -hmm. And they type in Employment Policies Institute. And what they discover is that this is actually, um, uh, it is an it is an institute, mm -hmm. right, that they have. It's a nonprofit group. And they actually found an article from the New York Times that sort of, you know, leads to what is this organization about? It's mm -hmm. not quite as clear as, as what you might think. And they also looked at the Wikipedia page. Got it. So we tend to think of Wikipedia, especially at the university level, that, you know, Wikipedia, you can't cite Wikipedia and you shouldn't use them as a source and things like that. But Wikipedia has its own sort of purpose. I'm with you on that, by yeah. the way. As a former comp teacher. We yeah. can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But Wikipedia, you know, actually is is done a really good job of making sure that that you know things are cited correctly, that information is is linked out at the bottom, they have their sources cited. So uh, the fact checkers use Wikipedia quite a bit, mm -hmm. and they quickly learned that the Employment Policies Institute is actually a fiscally conservative nonprofit American think tank that conducts and publishes research on employment issues, particularly aimed towards reducing the minimum wage. Cool. So not that there's anything wrong with that particular point of view, but, no. but that it certainly but, should give you an idea of the... the whether this is an unbiased source. Right, right. exactly. Mm -hmm. They they certainly probably have some type of agenda yeah, and, absolutely. A, and a way of thinking, yeah. and their goal, the information that they're presenting to you uh, could potentially hold some bias there and, right. and kind of maybe try and lead you down a road to believing that um, you know it's not good to, to raise the minimum wage. Mm -hmm. So, um, and if they, they actually went a little step deeper on yeah, this let's hear about too, that. because then what happens um, if you look through that Wikipedia page, you find out that it's really linked to a guy named Richard Berman. So again, now do your more lateral reading. Get mm -hmm. off of the Wikipedia page that Got you're it. looking at and run the search on Richard Berman. Who's this guy? So it turns out he has been, oh man, he's, he's a guy in Washington, a lobbyist, mm -hmm. Um, and he is sort of known for creating these nonprofit organizations to act as sort of a front for, um, you know, whatever whatever he's trying to lobby for. Right, right. <laughs> I think the I think the political science folks call that astroturfing, right? Where you mm -hmm. where you where you sort of it's not grassroots. It's being mm -hmm. it's being sort of. It's fake grassroots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So the idea is really just to kind of take a moment to, before you dive into a website mm -hmm. and really get mm -hmm. deep into what they're presenting there, take a moment to look around, you know, see what, see, you know, what that sort of superficial level stuff looks to you. Mm -hmm. And then also get off of that page or you can leave your that that open on your browser, but open a new tab on your browser, Google it, and Google the organization. Look at stuff outside of it. Right. Um, so really, lateral reading is just basically leaving the website you're on to determine if it's trustworthy. So let me ask some thoughts. That's fascinating, by the yeah. way. And you did a great job of, uh, it's the SHEG study for our listeners yeah, yep. from Stanford, S-H-E-G. So as a follow-up question, um, so what I hear you saying is that the lateral of lateral reading is getting basically off the channel of the person who is presenting or the, the voice that's presenting all the information. Mm -hmm. So if we're on that nonprofit's website, we have to not just evaluate what's there, but move sideways. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the metaphor, right? Move yep. to other, yep. other tabs in your browser 
to, to see where that information is coming from. Is that yeah, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know, as, a, as somebody who taught freshman composition for many years, this is a cool and new idea, but it's also a super old idea when you go back to Aristotle in <laughs> rhetoric. He talked about these three ideas, ethos, pathos, and logos. Ethos is who is, who is talking, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's an important question with this particular group. You say, well, gee, we can take what they have to say with face value, but if we le read laterally, we can go and find out where they're coming from. Yeah. Interesting. It's really asking yourself, the most important question is, who's behind the information? Yeah, yeah. You know, why, why is it being presented to me, and, and what, what are they trying to, to lead me to believe or, you know, want me to think about this? Right, and, and what's interesting to me about that is if you think about a spectrum of uh, ideological beliefs, that could also be happening on another end of a spectrum, right? That mm -hmm. you, you're just finding out what vantage point is this particular um, piece of writing coming from. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. So what else, what else would you tell people about this skill of information literacy or, 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 or lateral reading? There's the Shegg study. Uh, it sounds like you had something else you were going to share. Yeah. No, I, really just to, you know, take a moment and think about where it's coming from. Think right. about what might be behind it. Right. And then, then when you go back to look at minimumwage.com, then mm -hmm. you can kind of read through the information and maybe you'll notice a little bit more of the bias in it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you'll kind of realize, you'll, it's kind of like taking it with a grain of salt, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, you know, you, you'll recognize that, hey, this information is being presented by a group that is lobbying pretty hard to keep the, the minimum wage you know, down. They, right. they really don't want to They have a vantage it. point. They have a vantage mm -hmm. point. So it's really thinking about things. And I, I do see a lot of value still in sort of running through those old checklist kind of things, you right. know, looking at your dates and your currency on things and making sure there's an author and always looking for uh, potential, a potential bias in there. And then I think it's also good to sort of um, Think of, and there are actually quite a few sort of fact-checking organizations that kind of do this work for you. Okay. You know, Snopes.com is one. Right. Um, Factcheck.org. Mm -hmm. um, All Sides is another one where they'll sort of tell you which way a publication, you know, might lean if they're more left or right-leaning. Sure. Um, so, so that's always good information to, to anytime you, you're looking at something to, to kind of have that in the back of your mind. You know, listening to you talk, uh, one thing that fascinates me is this is an idea I think that's entered most people's consciousness is that, you know, some media outlets have ideological stand, stand mm -hmm. or viewpoints, right? And some of those are stereotypes like uh, CNN is over here and Fox News is over right. here. What you're talking about is a little deeper. It's not just making an assumption based on the uh, the channel that you're taking it through. But what I love about the lateral metaphor is it forces you to move in a different direction and and uh, do your own. I almost said research. Do your own research. <laughs> yeah. Do your own thinking in that take take with a grain of salt. What other kind of strategies would you suggest for students who are looking? to kind of independently verify what they're, uh, what they're looking at when they research? Yeah, that, that's a good question, too. So, uh, again, especially if you're, if you're not sure about a publication, mm -hmm. um, looking at the uh, – uh, students will, have, will struggle with this often, that they'll – and I, I think a lot of people struggle in, in the digital age. It was much easier when we had print sources all the time and you knew, like, oh, it's People Magazine and, right. you, know, time, you know, the New York Times and things like that. But uh, – 
These days, students tend to confuse the title of an article and not understand that it's published under something, right? It's published right. in a journal. It's published, you know, in a magazine. Yeah. Um, so if you're ever not sure about sort of, uh, especially maybe you land on a, a news article online or something, and you don't know what the Telegraph is. You've never heard of that publication. Right. So, you know, again, use your good Google skills and, you know, Google, what's the Telegraph? Um, you know, and find out it's and really quick. You'll be able to, to figure out, hey, this is this is a, a publication out of the UK. It's got, you know, um, a, a very long track record. It's, it's well noted, that kind of thing. So little things like that, sort of Googling or Googling an author um, who, who wrote this and why are they? You know, why are they writing this? Why should I read it or be interested in, you know, what's their their area of expertise? Well, that's fantastically helpful. And speaking of areas of expertise, thank you for sharing yours oh, with us you. and our listeners. I think we uh, our populace as a whole could benefit from what you're really talking about is essentially critical thinking, right? Exactly. Critical thinking yep. and information literacy and this concept of lateral reading is something I had not heard about and will use and tell people about. So, Amy, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Teachable Moment is recorded by Steve Robinson and produced in the WLNZ studio on LCC's downtown campus. The soundtrack is licensed through DeWolf Music and was composed by John Rowcroft. Want more Teachable Moment? Visit lccconnect.org for more episodes. And if you have an idea you'd like to discuss with me on the show, send me an email at steve.robinson at lcc.edu. Until next time, keep learning. You're listening to LCC Connect on WLNZ 89.7 FM.